Welcome to the Athletic Approach, where we will guide you through the intricate maze of the mind in sport. The Athletic Approach is brought to you by Culture and Sport, where we believe that culture is critical to long-term success. I'm Kristen Bonowski. And I'm Manisha Agawal, and this is the Athletic Approach, where we don't just play the game, we understand it. Hello, how are we today? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad. It's been a day. It's it's Monday, one of those days, but I'm all good. I'm all good. How are things on your end? Oh, uh, yeah, good. Um, I have the day off from training today. Um, been sliding for the last five days. And then we have, I'm forerunning for like a kids series. So uh, the kids oh, race nice. the next two days. So that's fun. Um, it's, it's cool because they're all new too. Like, some of them mm-hmm. have been sliding longer than me, but most of them are just started this year too. So it's kind of nice to be around people who feel like they're at similar level, even though they're like half my age. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. Oh, like yeah. how's that? Like, are you coaching them or is it yeah. like, what's that like? <laughs> I'm definitely not qualified to coach them. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, so we have in bobsleigh, we have what's called forerunners. So before sessions or races, they'll send somebody down to make sure that the timing's all good. Um, Mm. And yeah, so it's a good opportunity, especially for someone like myself who is trying to find time to get on ice to get some runs in. And then the actual race happens afterwards. So um, yeah, I'm definitely not coaching any of them. I'm kind of just hanging out and uh, getting the chance to learn alongside them. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, they're all training for, I don't know if you've heard of YOG or like Youth Olympic Games. And mm-hmm. it's like a mini Olympics for kids under 18. And next year it's in Korea, and the winter one. And that's what they're all kind of preparing for. So they were just in Korea and all these little 15 year olds wow. are all like jet lagged. And uh, oh. now... Yeah, and now they're out here, and this is the last race for them of the year, and um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh no, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so this episode we'll sort of like talk about, I I guess, ourselves and kind of a bit more of an introduction to what we're about. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of following on from kind of what you've just said. So kind of what got you into bobsleighing? Um, the, the shorter version is I did track in university and, um, and then when university ended, I kind of like, my goal was always to compete for team Canada. And when I graduated, I was pretty far away from ever making a team. The closest I ever came would have been when I was in high school. And then I started getting injured a bunch and then that kind of ended. Um, and so there was a lot of people in my life who were like okay you have your degree like time to be an adult and move on and create new goals and so begrudgingly that's kind of what I did for a couple years and um, I started doing CrossFit for the first like year and a half I didn't want anything to do with any kind of athletics I would try Mm -hmm. and go to a gym and it was miserable Um, I had no goal. I didn't really know how to work out without a plan and I wasn't making a plan for myself. And yeah, so eventually I found CrossFit, which was awesome. And it kind of reignited this like passion for sport that I had. 
And um, yeah, uh, in the spring of 2017, I kind of became very motivated to look for more options. At this point, I'm 25 and my younger brother is doing track and field and he makes his first international team for Canada. And I'm like super proud of him, but also incredibly jealous. And I don't know, maybe not jealous, but like I really started to beat myself up because he had reached a level that I'd never got to reach. And it's what I really desired to reach. And so I was pretty upset for a bit with myself and started looking up how I could um, re-enter the sport world, uh, essentially what opportunities were out there for someone who's 25. And I knew that my gifts are in speed power. And there happened to be a bobsleigh testing camp in a couple weeks. And I went out and it went really well. And they invited me to come out to Calgary um, to just try out pushing. And then I went home, I went back to work. And then they invited me out to another camp. And it just, they kept inviting me back to more. And eventually the pre-Olympic testing camp in the 2017-2018 year, I came, I tied for third. Um, and shortly after that, I was named to my first World Cup team. And that February, I was an alternate at the 2018 Games. Wow. <laughs> and that was yeah. a short answer. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. I, I ended up not doing the short answer. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know that we're supposed to, I, I guess might as well. I don't really like, I feel like I get asked that question a lot and mm -hmm. I don't like, I usually just say, oh, I got recruited from track. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't tell the short answer on this <laughs> right now. So I'll just, I'll just do the thing. Yeah. I don't no, know. I'm just like, to me, it feels like that's a different person so long ago. Mm -hmm. I've had so many experiences since then and I've grown so much that like, I don't actually like telling that story and reliving that because it feels like another person. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause like your motivations have just completely yeah, changed. And, like, yeah. I feel like, like I used, I'm, I still am like an introverted kind of person and I'm like timid in social situations and stuff sometimes like social anxiety but I've grown so much and I'm more confident in myself and more willing to take risks. Like I've grown so much of, as a person since starting the sport that I like, I just don't really identify with that person who was so scared to disappoint her family that she didn't want to, that she went to work for two years instead of consider continuing to pursue her goals, you know? Mm, yeah. Oh, no, that's really interesting. Like, what do you feel like you've benefited from being within sport? Like, within sport in general, I've, there's so many things that are in my life right now that I'm so grateful for. But I think bobsleigh in particular has made me a lot more confident in myself. Um, and it's also helped me see that I can pursue things that I initially thought weren't in my wheelhouse and weren't going to lead me down the right path, like to whatever success might be. And I can go and pursue those things just because I want to, I don't need someone's permission to do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty good. No, I like that. Yeah. What about you and dance? That's something I guess people start like really young, right? Yeah, and I did not do that. <laughs> so 
so I yeah so I like literally everyone starts when they're still in the womb (laughs) like ballet (laughs) and I the way that I kind of picked up dance was through it was literally watching R&B music videos was like the way that I like I'd watch them and I'm like how old I want to copy oh like literally like young like like four five six that kind of age where you still had an interest pretty young not like yeah <laughs> first born but <laughs> yeah like I had I definitely had an interest since I was younger but I never trained from that age like I'd I'd watch videos and I'll try and copy them mm-hmm. or um as I got older in when I was about eight nine that's when high school musical and camp rock were a thing and then again I'd be learning the dances from the films um and I even remember in year six which I don't know what the grade is <laughs> the equivalent but um I must have been about 10 11 and me and my friend we would literally learn it in like the playground and like we do a little performance and then it actually turned into um teaching year ones who are about oh I don't know how old they I want to say if I've done the math quickly right now on the spot I think about six seven years old um that we were like teaching them like even like the teachers they created like this little it sounds horrible calling it a cage but like it kind of was because it was like the juniors who Mm. like you they have to be kept there for like safety reasons so they're not running around um no sorry not juniors infants they were infants so they couldn't <laughs> run around yeah, they couldn't run around in the juniors playground um and we would teach them like dance like in like the lunch breaks and stuff um and that was really good um and then I remember actually in year six there was a dance teacher who came and we learned I think it was break dancing for like one lesson but there wasn't like enough interest it was either that or it was just a one-off thing and it just never happened again it was just one like class and that was it um and then I also remembered that there was a mum who came in and taught us afro dance and that was so fun and I remember her being like oh you've got hips girls keep going (laughs) and I loved it I literally loved it um and I and I I wanted to keep going with it but I I wasn't confident enough to go to like an external after school dance club because that's kind of where like the popular girls went you know Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like with that crowd um and that kind of was the same thing going into into school into secondary school where um again I remember in year seven that I had there was this there was these two girls that wanted to do that wanted to teach dance as part of their GCSE qualifications but it was only like three of us that turned up so that was a lack of interest Um, I think we had about three sessions what is the qualification so GCSEs um I think it's the equivalent to a high school diploma oh okay it's kind of like or it's so after GCSEs there's A levels and then it's university 
so it's oh. what so it's what you I don't know what the qualification is I don't yeah I don't know what the equivalent is but it's what you do at age 16 oh interesting yeah um and yeah there just wasn't enough interest and I didn't feel confident enough to go to an external dance school and like, they were quite expensive as well and like just wasn't in like the financial position to pay so much money so when you there. say an external dance school do you mean like all day kind of like the dance academies you see on Netflix or do you mean just like classes classes okay. that were just external so they would be like so sometimes they're called private dance school but they'd have sessions like one or two hour sessions on in like the evenings to go to classes but then you'd still compete with them against other dance schools um and yeah and again I just I'd never been to a class like that and I just again didn't really feel confident enough to and then when school finished I then picked up like YouTube tutorials and that's how I proper like got into it because I was like I can go at my own pace there's no one else in the room I really enjoyed that and then I'd post the dance videos on like Instagram and um and like you could then connect with other people that are also learning these same when, dances when did you start posting on social media like what how old were you 16 16 17 that age um and I, I created it so I had a personal Instagram account then I had then I created another Instagram account right because I didn't want anyone from high school to follow me I can um, I can <laughs> identify with that I've considered like when I have other passions I'm like oh I just want to create uh like a hidden Instagram not a hidden Instagram but a separate one that's not yeah. attached and I can just post whatever I want and not worry about my friends or family judging me, which is awful. But no, no, that was exactly what it is. And it was like a clean slate sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a couple months after. I remember. Oh, my gosh. I remember. So in college, it's you don't always have the same people from high school go to the same college but. You might have the odd few people that yeah. still do. And I was still good friends with people from school. Um, and they were saying, like, I think they were, they had a lunch break that I wasn't, I wasn't with them for. Um, but later on in the day after college, my friend had texted in the, in the group chat and they were like, oh, I know what so-and-so was laughing at now. They were laughing at Manisha's dance videos and I was like wait what I was like someone needs to catch me up here and it turns out like these this group of um people that we used to go to school with that also went to the same college they were actually like laughing at like my dance videos and that I mean looking back at my old dance videos now I can see why I feel like like... that's all on progress (laughs) yeah I feel like maybe like looking back at it now you might laugh at the time were you embarrassed or did you also laugh I literally I was so upset because I it was practically bullying I was like oh my god like oh my god I honestly I hated it but like at the time I had I started going to a private dance school once a week Mm -hmm. and I remember telling my dance teacher they had said like he fully stuck up for me and everything and it it was helpful because we were a year apart in age and he 
also went to the same school as me. So he knew the people that I was talking about who were like essentially bullying me. Um and like he was like fully supportive. Um and yeah, and I guess he was kind of the reason why I actually started going to classes in person because I already had a familiar face and it mm. kind of made sense to just like okay let's just go for it and I really enjoyed it and then we competed against other dance schools um so that was throughout my time in college which was two years um and then after those two years and then it's university so then I left the school and at yeah the private dance school to go to university and then during university I joined the dance team there um and again we then competed against other universities and it's so competitive and I literally I love it and it's so like like it's one of those things where it's not toxic but it's still competitive like it's Mm -hmm. a good balance um because it's not like we're winning it's not like elite sport in the sense of where like you know you've got to like psych each other out almost like it's it's just kind of you know if you win you win if you don't it's like part of the fun and it's part of the university experience yeah no absolutely are you still doing it so no not anymore because I um well in my master's when I did my master's I was commuting from home so Manchester to Liverpool and I still did it for that year but then um I I, yeah because I'm not well I'm now back at the university but I started in January so I might carry it on in sort of September who knows but that's if I can make it in time from Manchester to Liverpool in the evenings but um I used to teach like non-competitive hip-hop as well and I love that because again it was for anyone who couldn't make the team or they didn't want to compete so Mm. there was always that option there and I, I really enjoyed doing that um but yeah just actually this weekend gone on Saturday I went back to um to John Moores which is the university that I was at and um for the dance competition that they hosted and it was just it was so lovely and even like one of the judges actually gave a speech at the end and she said that it's so nice to see like the amount of talent on that day because every university student that that's competing we're not training full-time as dancers but yeah we've trained like for so long um and even as well she was saying like it you know the dance industry as a whole has been so hard to bounce back after covid but it, you know she said like she was just so hopeful for it and you know that some of the routines could have been you know on like bigger platforms and they would win you know kind of against professional dancers Mm -hmm. and you know and it was just so lovely to hear and it was just yeah it was really really nice and it just shows again that because the dance industry is so competitive and it is just oversaturated that not everyone's gonna book a dance job and not everyone's gonna follow that professional pathway um and then they do turn to university level kind of dance and competitions and this talent is still like just as good as professional dancers so it's um yeah and even like some of like the other university dance teams are choreographed by professional dancers and choreographers so it's yeah so it's it's quite a big thing um and 
Yeah, and I think it there needs to, I think there needs to be more appreciation for how competitive it actually is still at a university level. Mm-hmm. Um even if it's not going for for an audition for like you know, for like I don't know, for like Beyonce on stage. Like it, it's still like, you know, like loads to it. Um but yeah, and I think that's kind of like a reason why I wanted to go into sports psychology and why I wanted to support dancers was this thing of supporting dancers throughout these different transitions and like so many different things that they go through um and also just there's a general lack of support for it and that's a wrap for today's episode of the athletic approach we hope you gain new insights into the mental dimensions of sport performance and are inspired to dive deeper into this fascinating field the athletic approach is produced by manisha agwal and dr jeremy piasecki at culture and sport If today's discussion sparked your curiosity and you want to learn more, head over to cultureandsports.com. We've got a wealth of resources, articles, and research to help you understand the mental game even better. And don't forget, you can also connect with us on your favorite social media platforms. Whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, or YouTube, you can join our community for more insightful discussions, expert tips, and a behind-the-scenes look at the world of mental sports. Remember, the mind is a powerful tool in any athlete's training. The more you understand it, the better your game. So keep learning, keep growing, and keep pushing your limits. Thank you for tuning in to The Athletic Approach, where we go beyond the physical and explore the psychological. Until next time, stay strong, stay focused, and embrace the mental game.